Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. So if you don't have notes yet, grab them. If you need a pen, hopefully the ushers can help you with that as well. Because here's a thought about notes. Again, I'm the note pusher and I'm, yes, I'm still on that and I will take 10 minutes to explain it, but that's okay. Did you know that 30% of your brain is committed to sight? 30% of your brain, they did a study on this and they've proven that 30, now your brain, average brain is about three pounds, unless you're my son and his head's very big, so he got about a five pounder. That's a joke among the family. But anyways, the average brain is about three pounds. Looking out at some of you, I think you got that beat too. But anyways, laugh, we're in church, I'm only having fun. You're all too serious, too rough of a week. Average brain's three pounds, so you do the math, 30% of that is is committed to sight. So what's that like, you know, 0.8 pounds of your brain is committed to you learning through visual. How many know that's important to have notes? Amen. Because you can hear what I'm saying and there'll be some scriptures up on the screen, but when you see what's being said, now here's the other part. We, I, when I teach and provide notes, I have blanks that you got to fill in. Now that really ruffles some feathers. Like, oh my goodness, I got to come to church and I got to grab notes and I got to fill in those little blanks. Here's why. Here's the method to that madness. Not only are you hearing and seeing, 30% of your brain's committed to learning through sight, you're actually participating. So you're taking that quick Listen, that quick, what you're hearing and seeing and you're having to take your hand and participate, it becomes all the more ingrained in your brain. That's why in school they encourage students to take notes for that reason, because the participation, it makes your brain learn it quicker. Here's what else it does, because I'm just like you, it keeps you awake. Hey, I've been a Christian 34 years. I understand that every once in a while. Right? Or how about this one? Your brain begins to just fade. And you start thinking about the, the, the you know, barbecue wings you're going to have after church with those extra large fries. And of course, you got to have the celery sticks because that's healthy. How many, how many I got you thinking of food right now? See, that's why you got notes. <laughs> In all honesty, so please, if you're not a typical note taker, try it. If it doesn't work for you, just watch the rest of us. I understand. No condemnation in it, but I really encourage you to do it because it revolutionized my life when a uh, speaker uh, began to encourage us to do it. And I was in the audience at that time. This is many, many, many years ago. And, uh, and I saw it affect my family because I took the notes home just like I was saying and began to teach my kids. So uh, I'm a firm believer in it. Becoming an enemy to your weakness, if you look at the title, it's what we're gonna be talking about tonight. Now, there's a lot of notes there and we're not getting through all of them. If you notice, I'm up in my game because I'm figuring out the crowd here at Tree of Life Church. Um, I never typically get through my notes. I like to provide more than we can consume in 35 minutes. It's kind of like that restaurant. I like you to have a doggy bag. Um, where you can take some more home. But what was happening was you were, you were taking notes home without blanks being filled in and people were threatening my life <laughs> because they didn't get their blanks. Yeah, I had flattened tires on my car and 
people following you home to, you were one of them, you and your daughters, to get notes. And I would give our administrators uh, email up so you can email her for the notes. And none of you did that. So as wise as I am, haha, that's funny. Um, if you look on your notes, don't do it now. Don't do it now because it'd be all kinds of ruffling of papers. But as we get into the notes, you're going to find there's a certain portion of the notes. All of a sudden, the blanks will be filled in. It's not a miracle that's happening tonight. That was, <laughs> you were like, look at that. God filled them in for me. They're actually going to be filled in at a certain portion of the notes. That way you can have them. Amen? Amen. Is that cool? Are you happier now that some of them are going to be filled in and you won't be going home typically with empty blanks because Ken couldn't get through it. You ready to pray? Here's what we need to do. This is, this is the type of message, and I'm going to be honest to a degree, it's going to hurt. Because um, anytime we talk about us and our weaknesses, it hurts. Translate weakness or weaknesses in our lives, it means the sins in your life that have been keeping you entangled. Weakness on the notes is a fancy way of trying to take this thing out of what we really want you to get. Every one of us in here have bondages in our lives. Every one of us here have deeds of the flesh as it talks about in Galatians, which is sinful things in our humanity, our human side, that it's still entangling us. We all have faults. We all have failures. We all have stuff, as I like to call it, weaknesses in our lives. Everyone in this room that's breathing. So think about it. This message is for everyone sitting here. Now, for some of us, it's going to hurt because some of you have been ignoring the sins that, that have been entangling you and, and the weaknesses in your life. You've been ignoring them and you're gonna find out through this message that's not a good thing to do. Now, there are some here tonight, you admit to those weaknesses, but you've done nothing with them. You just say, that's my weakness. And sometimes the excuse is, well, I'm Italian. I'm Italian, so, you know, I'm going to lose my temper. How many have ever heard that? Right? It's my family heritage, you know. Um, and how many know, wrong answer. Doesn't matter if you're Italian or Polish or English or whatever your nationality, it doesn't matter. That's because mama did it or dad did it. Doesn't mean you get to do it. Darn it. Just took one of those family excuses and just threw that away, Right? There's some, you've been trying to beat it and trying to beat it on your own. That's not gonna work. There's some tricks of the trade, there's some keys, some golden doors that we want to open up to God's grace and God's power and God's ability to conquer these things in our lives. Because folks, let me just tell you, it's on the notes and we're gonna get to it, but I'm trying to set the stage. I'm trying to get you on the, on the wagon where we're going because I've had much time to obviously you know, digest this and think about it. In fact, this was birthed out of just you know, my stuff. Um, but just because you admit to it doesn't mean you're gonna defeat it and all that stuff. So I want you to get on the bandwagon to understand that God wants to take you on a journey of conquering those weaknesses, especially, and typically there's just one that's a major one. And there's other things in our lives. We don't just have one, but there's usually, everybody look at me, this is important. There's usually one major one that is going to take you out if it hasn't yet. 
if you don't beat it, if you don't conquer it, and you just keep pacifying it, or you keep saying, ah, family heritage, oh, that's just me, or, you know, it's not that bad. Your weakness left to itself will conquer you. It will take you out. Listen, the Bible says a good name is to be more desired than great riches. Your name, your reputation is more important than anything you own, anything you ever do. Your name, your reputation is more important than all of that. Are you with me tonight? I got Tammy saying amen, come, nobody else. What do you think about that? Think about that, that's what scripture says. Your name, a good name is to be more desired than great riches. That means... Let me fast forward. That means the day that one of us pastors are speaking at your funeral and we're having to come up with something nice to say about you. How many know that's not good? Now, nobody here in this crowd, because you all cool. Looking around, I know you, you all cool. Turn to the person next to you, he ain't talking about you. Tell the person, the other person say, that's first service folks on Sunday. First service That's when most of our leaders come, by the way. A good name is to be more desired than great riches. Your reputation. You want to be known as the day that you go home to be with the Lord and the day that your body's either in a box or in a little urn or whatever it's in, however it's taken care of, it's the body, you're home with the Lord. What you've left behind is your legacy. And I guarantee mine is my kids this is my dream, will speak that, yeah, my dad was imperfect, but man, he went to work on that stuff. I want my kids to say, he showed us how to bring God in on your weaknesses. He showed us how to bring God in on those, on those areas in that human side of himself and how to control the human side. You have a human side. It's called, the Bible calls it a sinful nature. Write that down under the word weakness at the top of your notes. Put sinful nature. And I wish we had time to get into all those scriptures in Galatians. And by the way, you might want to just put the word, uh, the book name Galatians at the top of your notes. It'd be a great study for you to fit into this message, especially starting with chapters three and four and going into chapter five, obviously. And that'd be good for your family to study along as well. Now, I literally took all that time to say all that before we pray because I, I want you thinking about this right now before we pray. Now, here's why. I don't want to pray, and, I, and I, I purpose not to do this. In fact, I hate to use this word, but I hate it that we would just pray because that's the thing you do before you preach. Just like when you pray over your food. Don't just pray over your food because that's the thing to do. Pray in faith, especially if you're in a restaurant. Don't do that, Lord bless you in Jesus' name. No, bring your heart to that, that prayer. Father, bless, I mean bless, Lord, bless this food. How many of you have ever worked at a restaurant? Should people be praying over their food? Come on now. See, you, you thought I looked dumb. <laughs> you should see some of the folks. Ah. See, I can tell folks that are in a restaurant, Christians especially who worked at Restaurants, they really praying over the food. Yeah, shambabakandashi. No, I just, 
Tammy, I heard you in a restaurant one time. She, she like, come on with it, God. Bring, bring the anointing on the food. You ready to pray? Here's what I want us to do in this prayer. You're like, Ken, shut up and pray. Listen. Know my heart, please. I wish I could look each of you in the eye. Know my heart, please. I want you to think about the weakness in your life, especially the number one weakness that just you know is the one thing that could take you out. It's been giving you trouble. It's the thing that's entangled you. You know what it is. I'm not gonna repeat certain sins. You know what it is. Don't need to tell you. Amen? Don't need you to write it down. Think it, because if you write it down, somebody be looking at it. Wow, theirs is worse than mine. (laughs) Don't do that. I want you to bring it to the Lord in this prayer before we go over this message. I I want you to bring that thing up. Bring it up, because some of you have been ignoring it. Bring it up. Don't ignore those things. Don't ignore that weakness. It's going to take you out. Let it come up. Bring it up. You got to say it under your breath. Say it under your breath when we pray. But bring it to the Lord right now, because he's going to bring his word to you tonight as a, as a uh, motivation of empowerment and consecration, and he's going to help you engulf that thing and begin to conquer that thing, because you got to roll your sleeves up and go to work. And it's not in your power. You've been trying to do it on your own. You can't. It's called grace. You ready to pray? Heavenly Father, we come to you, all of us, right now. And Lord, not just us here right now in this this Wednesday service, as precious of people as they are to take time out of midweek and crazy week they've had, but they're here. But we're praying for everyone in our church. Every attendee of Tree of Life Church, we're bringing them to it as well. But Father, you know the things especially the thing, weakness, bondage that tries to continue to to entangle itself. You know what it is in our lives. We bring it to you. We lay at your feet right now. And during this whole teaching, during this whole teaching, we're going to just take our foot and just rub on it, step on it. We're going to take our other foot and just kick it around a little bit. We're going to take our fingers and start flicking it. We're just going to, it's going to be at our feet We're not bowing to those things anymore. There's too much power. There's too much glory in us. There's too much God inside of us. You've done too much at the cross. This isn't religion. This is real. This is called Christianity, which means victory, blessing, breakthrough, transformation. No longer what we were, but becoming who we are in Christ. And we thank you for that. And help us, Lord, bring this word in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Woo, do you feel the difference? Be honest with me. Do you feel the difference? Because if I just brought some information to you, maybe not you, but I know me. If I just, if I just brought information and I was one of you sitting there, it would just, just kind of, okay, uh, okay, another message. No, I really feel like this is time to bring some stuff to the Lord. Here we go, Philippians 4.13. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength. Where? Into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ. What? All right, you need to mark that part right there. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Because you can go to any bookstore and the self-help section is just increasing. It grows. And I get their hearts and I, 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 
I believe the best that their motivation for self-help books and I get some relevancy to a degree to some content of those books, but there's no such thing as self-help. You can change some things in and of your own. You can change, maybe if you're, you're, you want to whiten your teeth, you can, you can pick yourself up and go, go to H-E-B or Walmart and buy the teeth whitener or go to the dentist and pay whatever you pay and get that teeth white. I get you can bring some change to your life. I get that. Do you understand what I'm saying, where I'm going with this? But when it comes to those sinful things in your life, you ain't, you ain't no way. You got the power in and of yourself to change you. Because further along in the notes, it's gonna, we're going to prove that. Because then that would make what Jesus did on the cross null and void. Why did he go to the cross? Oh, you can do it. Jesus is like, ah, oh, you can do it. I just did it because we need to have an Easter holiday. Right? We need to have Christmas holiday. No, we understand that. But for some, that's a brand new thought. So let's go to our notes. Here we go. Get those pens ready. Think on this. And it'll be up on the screen, by the way, for those who may not have done this, the blanks. And the quotes or sentences will be up on the screen with the blank filled in. We cannot play around with weakness in our life. Don't play around with it. I'm telling you, it will take you out. It will destroy you. All you gotta do is read your Bible. Many of hero of the faith were taken out by their weakness. And it's for all of eternity to read. Can you imagine that? How would you like your story in the Bible? with your name on it, amen? Remember, the small puppy can eventually become a rabbit monster. That small little thing that you think's trivial, let it go. Keep letting it go. Become a monster, man. It will take you out. That's biblical fact. Now, I'm sharing these extremes for a reason because that weakness in your life left alone will become extreme. Remember, lack of victory always leads to misery. I've never seen a Christian who's gaining victory over their weakness with a sour face. It's impossible. When you see Christians, listen, for some of us, you need to hear this, because you've never been in a church, possibly, that maybe people raise their hands. I get that. When I first came to the Lord, I was never in a church like that. You may never been in a church where they're actually clapping during the worship or clapping during a certain statement or maybe outwardly saying amen or, or uh, my brother back here saying, Jesus, we know who you are. You know why? If you knew his story, trust me, him shouting like that ain't nothing what he really wants to do. Because see, I've never seen a believer conquering their weaknesses, walking around going, life's just terrible. There's something about it that when you're conquering through the sufficiency of Christ, the very thing that once destroyed or tried to destroy or was the very cause of why you came to Christ. See, some of you, you came to Christ because of that weakness. Now that you're in Christ, don't leave the weakness alone. Now, for some of us, when we came to Christ, some of the things that we once did, we were completely delivered from. I get that. That's usually vices, cigarettes, alcohol, drugs, etc. But there's some things of the human nature, this body, the flesh, that has certain deeds, fruits, if you will, actions that you've got to conquer that's still in your life. That you didn't get delivered from when you came to Jesus. Because you still got this body. How many are following me? 
you still got this body. So you're still gonna have those things or thing. Look at this. If you look at letter A, now this was taken from Pastor Cody's message last week. He taught this last week and I wanted to bring it into our message tonight. The belt of truth. Now he was talking about, if you remember, we did the the book of Ephesians. We did a whole study. We ended it last week. But there's something he said in his message that I'm rolling over into my message tonight. And yeah, it will eat some time, but that's okay. That's okay. Because I may do part two next week. How many think we should maybe do part two? Pastor David's up to preach next week. He's going to be mad. How many think, should we get this on recording? How many think I should do part two next week? Pastor David going to be like, you set him up. He won't mind. The belt of truth. Look at this. Number one, this is what was in Pastor Cody's message. Some scholars interpret this word. Now he's talking about the armor of God. They, in in one of the uh, parts of the armor is the belt which is entitled in scripture, the belt of truth. Some scholars interpret this word to mean not necessarily the objective truth that is God's word, but a concept of living a transparent, open life. Now look under uh, letter A under number one. A transparent life enables us to live and move comfortably, knowing that we have nothing to hide. So if that's true, a part of the armor of God is being honest of yourself, to yourself, about yourself. So if our weaponry to help conquer the enemy is to be honest about the things that are trying to conquer us, how many know that that makes sense? Because our enemy, the devil who is real, for some of you you may not believe that because you may be new to Christianity, he's real. He knows your weakness. He studies you, by the way. That's why we got to be honest about ourselves. Amen? Look at number two. Without a commitment to the truth of God's word, though, and a lifestyle of openness regarding our flaws, our weaknesses, the sinful things in our lives, we will live restricted lives that rob us of our full potential in Christ. Wow. Wow. Number one, here we go, Roman numeral number one. To become an enemy to your weakness, you got a letter A, admit it. Admit it. Confess it before the Lord. Go to him, and I know you're writing, but I want you to keep your ear on me while you're writing. You need to go to God and talk to him about that thing in your life. Quit ignoring it, talk to him, he already knows. Bring him into it. Christianity is a relationship with God. This thing ain't religion, it's relationship. So if it's relationship in your relationship with the Lord, bring it to the Lord and start talking to him about it. God, I already know you know what I do, but I gotta say, this is what I do. I need your help. I'm tired of this thing in my life. It's robbing me of your best. I'm sick of it. I know it can take me out. I don't want that. I wanna take it out. So God, what do we do? Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. See, some of you never asked God to teach you how to conquer them. He's a, he's a master at conquering sin. He's a master at making something weak strong. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's good. Because it's the truth. So you got to admit it. B, you got to quit it. Turn away from it. That's, by the way, that's where in the Bible, the word repentance 
The word repentance means to turn away or in a, in a relevancy that we would understand, a relevant term is do a 180. Start turning away from doing those things. Start hating, listen, mark this down too. I probably should have put this as maybe a, 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 a C, then beat it would have been D, but you gotta start hating that thing. So hate it, but that's a good one. You need to learn to start hating that thing. So admit it, quit it. C, you gotta beat it. You gotta conquer this thing. And again, you can't do it on your own. We're talking about God's power now. So don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to get you caught up in, I'm gonna beat this thing and it's gonna, yeah, and you're gonna sweat every day. No, it's through his power. It's through his sufficiency. It's through his ability. Amen? All right. So with all that in mind, I'm gonna give you some facts about weaknesses. Are you ready? 20 facts. These are things learning over the years about weakness or weaknesses, depending, but just about the sinful things, I'm going to give you 20 facts. Here we go. You ready? I believe these facts will help you have knowledge to conquer it. That's the idea of giving you 20 facts. 20 facts. Number one, everyone has a weakness. You need to take a deep breath and go, I ain't the only one. And there's no such thing as sin on scale. But look at me. Well, you know, my weakness way up here. I know it. It's way up here. And, and, and I know hers is just, she's just all perfect and everything. And hers is way down here. Everybody say sin is sin. Every sin leads to one avenue, death, period. So if it all leads to the same, are you with me? So everyone has it, fall of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Now, here we go. Number two, the major battle, it's the next blank, the major battle of your life is between your strength and your weakness. See, now we're flipping this because I, I, I was watching some of you, by the way, you all getting doomy and gloomy on me. You're like, oh my God, I'm a mess. So I'm trying to flip that. See, I, I got gray here and I, I, I'm slow, but I ain't that slow. So I'm flipping this because I want you to be partially happy with me tonight. It's not all doom and gloom because there are strengths about you. Come on. You ain't all that, you ain't all mess. There's strengths about, there's giftings. There's ability that God has placed in you that maybe are beginning to arise and shine or already shining or you've yet to tap into because of your weakness. And that's my heartbeat, because as you conquer the weakness in your life through his sufficiency, your giftings, your God-given abilities are going to rise up like you've never, I'm telling you, it's going to blow your mind, the things, God help me, the things that you're going to begin to accomplish and fulfill through him, like you, you've been dreaming about, and you're not yet stepping out on your dreams, because you've got this thing in your life that's just constantly beating your brains in. Woo! <clears throat> I'm trying not to just go crazy right now. <sighs> I believe in this. And I believe in you. And I believe in this word we're teaching because I watch some of you. I know Christians. I've been pastoring a long time and I watch them just stay beat up. And God says, enough is enough. You've got to rise up and be the champion that God's called you to be. Be the champion. Better smile. 
I watched myself one time on a recording and had the volume down, and I was getting into it like that, and I looked mean. <laughs> so I got to watch. So it's a constant battle between your strengths and your weaknesses, your giftings and God-given abilities versus your flesh, your carnal, carnal side of you, your human side. Galatians 5, 5, 17 says, for the flesh will always lust or war against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. That's a constant battle. And, in, and, and in, listen, in between that battle, and this is important, I don't know why we're taking this, but somebody needs to learn this. In between that battle of your spirit side, your strengths, your God-given abilities, your human side, your weaknesses, in between that battle is called your conscience. That's why when you, you give in to the things of God, the spiritual things of God, amen, brother and sister, is that true? When you give in to the things of God and you follow the will of God, your conscience is clear, you're feeling good, you're like, yeah, and then you fall into your flesh side, your human side, and your conscience is, oh. You wonder why you feel that pain, that, that as in Texas, that twang on the inside. Was that good, twang? That was bad. Um, you feel that, that nudge, it just, oh. That's your conscience. It's trying to be the, the go-between of your spiritual side and your human side. That's why you gotta build yourself up on the things that we're trying to teach you how to do it. Number one, the word. Number three, uh, third fact, your weakness can multiply. <laughs> Read the word, especially here in Corinthians, it talks about that. Little leaven here and there, eh, what's the big deal? No, purge out the old leaven. Notice it says in verse seven, purge it out. Because see, everything, everybody look at me. We don't have time to read all the scriptures, but everything in life is like likened to a seed. Everything in life is likened to a seed. That's how the devil works, because that's how God invented it to be. The devil is stupid, by the way. Everybody says he is mighty. Oh, don't tell, don't say, no, 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 listen. He's cunning in what he does, but he has nothing, he's, he's not an originator. Everything he does to take you out, he has copied off of God. He cannot come up with anything new. That's why whatever is your weakness in your life, he'll keep images or words in front of you all day long if he can. He'll keep it in front of you all day long. You'll hear other coworkers say certain things that'll just so happen to feed your weakness. You'll see certain things that'll happen to feed your Weakness. Where do you get that from? God. Because you, be, you should be consuming the word of God, which feeds your strengths of who you are in Christ. Your God-given abilities. Your God-given power, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, who you really are spiritually. You need to feed on those things. So it can't multiply. If you keep letting the enemy help you feed along those lines of your weakness. Does that make sense? Some of you are yawning, I didn't mean to make you bored, but I hope this is helping you, amen? Actually, I wanna yawn too, so here we go. Number four, your weakness will embrace and seize any friendship that it permits, allows it to exist and finds tolerable. That's why the, the old adage and saying, especially young folks, listen to me, I know this is for, for, for us older folk too, but especially for young, be careful because what kind of weakness you have in your life, it's like amazing who you are, you attract. And who they are, you're attracted to if there's like weaknesses. It's the truth. 
The world may call it, we may even call it like-mindedness. Interesting. Yeah, you're thinking the same way, but the thoughts are there because the weakness is there and the wrong thoughts keep feeding the weakness. But you'll be drawn to other kids like yourself. That's why you gotta conquer that thing. Be careful who you hang out with. Part of what I teach kids, because I'm a life coach, certified life coach, part of what I teach young kids is, it's gonna hurt for a moment, but you gotta go start finding new friends. That's when, that's when the kids awaken to what is destroying their life because maybe they got arrested and they end up in jail. How many know that'll wake you up? And I'll teach them, I'll say, listen, this is gonna hurt, but you better go find yourself some new friends and, 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 and your old friend's gonna be taunting you, hunting you down, looking for you, whatever. You better run from them and go run after new friends. It's gonna hurt developing those new friends because they're gonna be thinking different than to what you're used to, but that's the thinking you need, amen? Come on, let's help the young folks out. Amen? Yeah. Woo, man, that's good. <laughs> Letter A, our weakness will bond us with wrong people. Put a bond to the wrong people. You don't want that. It'll separate us from the right people. You don't want to be bonded to the wrong people. You don't want to be separated from the right people. Does that make sense? All right, number five. Your weakness should be confronted when it first emerges. Now, if you're not aware of that fact that it's a weakness, I get it. Just like I said, you may have been trained, and I literally mean this, you may have been trained growing up in your family to have that Italian temper. Or whatever it may be. How many know our parents taught us? Scripture says that. Scripture says to parents, train up a child in the way they should go when they're old. They're not going to depart from what you trained them to do when they were little. Well, how many know that's both good and bad? My mom and dad did the best they could as parents, but they weren't Christians till later in life. They were churchgoers. They were religious. They had no relationship with Jesus. That didn't come till later in life, my adult years. So they meant well, but there's things they taught me and my siblings that weren't good. Train up a child the way they should go when old they won't depart. So here I am, I get married, start having my own family. Now I'm to, to raise my own family. Missy and I both, but speaking for myself, I had a pioneer. Listen to me, especially for you young folks just getting married or maybe gonna get married. I had a pioneer, a whole new family. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? I had a pioneer. You probably went through the same thing, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get some folks here that help me out because I'm, I'm thinking a lot of the young folks here tonight, especially young Christians. I had to pioneer a whole new family. You know how hard that is? I'll give you an example. I'm transparent. I'm always like this because I'm delivered. But I, I'm as honest as I can be because I'm just like you, amen? But when I first was married, see, I grew up watching my dad put holes in the wall when he got mad. So I'm married. Now, think about this. I'm a Christian, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, called to ministry, and there was times I'd get mad. I'm putting holes in the wall. And I'll never forget, my son Ryan at the time, I think he was three, I'll never forget he was sitting on the floor, and I remember him looking up, petrified, just going, and folks, it hit me. What in the world are you doing, Ken? 
See, train up a child the way they should go and older won't depart. See, what my parents taught me was in me. It now is coming out of me. How many know when the pressure's on? How many, how many have had the saying, I ain't being, I'll never be like my mom. I'll never be like my dad. And soon as you step into adulthood, bam! <laughs> oh my God. It's just like my mom. I tease my dad. You know, we, we have a great relationship now. I mean, my whole family came to the Lord, amazing stuff. I'd like to tell it someday. But he'll say, he'll call me, he's in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'll call him, we talk a lot once a week. He'll say, how you doing? Great, dad, I'm sounding less and looking like and acting less than you. So I know I'm doing good. We laugh, trust me, he laughs. Because how many know there's a lot of truth to that? In certain areas of life, the less you sound like your parents, I'm talking about the bad stuff, the better off you know you are. In those areas. Now there's a lot of traits that I learned from my dad and my mom that are incredible, incredible stuff. Changed my life over the years because I once woke up and realized they were right and they were smart, amen? So. Here's the question we're gonna end on because we're actually out of time. Do you believe we're out of time? Question, look at the question, look at your notes. Why don't or haven't we confronted it? Why don't or haven't you and I, why don't we and why haven't we confronted these things? And I want you to take 30 seconds because that clock is ticking down to the zero hour. Think 30 seconds. Be honest. Why haven't you yet confronted what's going on in your life, the weakness in your life? Or maybe you, if you are, put that. If, you, if you're letting that thing go, and it could be sim simply, let me help you, and I, and I know you're writing as you're listening, and I hope you are. You may simply have to admit you enjoy it. Because there are certain weaknesses that feel good. That's the deception of it. Write it down. Why don't you or haven't you yet confronted it? We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.